And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we're Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and listen when and where you want. If you can't listen live overnight to one of our great radio stations that uh, that carries us. Uh, we've got some great uh, radio stations, and uh, today found out some uh, some bad news. A gentleman that I worked with when I worked at our great affiliate WLS, uh, uh, Jay Marvin, uh, I saw today passed away. Hmm. Uh, Jay, when I first met him, this is when I uh, worked for a short time at at our at uh, WLS in Chicago. Just great radio station. Great. I can still remember the first night there and. Um, sitting up there and looking over the city of Chicago going, wow, I can't believe I'm here. Hmm. And uh, uh, Jay Marvin was on before I went on the air. And, uh, you know, I didn't know of Jay at that. I knew, knew of Jay because I had listened to his show before. Uh, uh, Jay and I probably disagreed on the vast majority of of issues. He called himself, I'll never forget, that when I went in and we did a crossover, and it was crossover supposed to be a couple of minutes, and it went like an hour. And, and uh we got into we got into you know politics and what he was and he said I'm a liberal libertarian and I said impossible and from that point on we just had he was just so much fun even though we disagreed on the issues just a wonderful 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 human being mm. and just found out yesterday that he passed away and uh, uh, the uh, the the well known uh, radio executive Gabe Hobbs who was just you know legendary in the business was the one that uh, that broke it. And then all these radio people, and so many of them conservative talk show hosts mm-hmm. that had such great things to say about uh, about Jay. And, um, you know, over the last decade, you know, ran into some health problems and things like that, but uh, was just uh, wonderful. And I just want to make uh, – when, you, when you're in this business, there are just some people you pass, even if just for a short time, that make a really big impact on you. Yeah. And he knew coming in that I was a conservative talk show host and and he was nothing but, you know, gracious and welcoming. And I will say maybe that was at that time in the beginning of talk radio when when you didn't have the the, the tribalism that may exist today, even in the business. You know, I've I've never felt that way and, and I, I know that meeting people like Jay helped it so, you know, you're a broadcaster first. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you're a broadcaster, mm-hmm. and I'm always here to help you no matter what you do. You do a gig, sort of like stand-up comedy. You may do stand-up comedy I don't like, but if, you know, you're out there and you need any advice, you know, you're there for the other person. Mm-hmm. And Jay was that kind of guy and uh, just so sad that, that uh, to hear that he passed away. And I just wanted to mention that to start off this hour. Yeah. So, oh, but great memories. Because I think about that and I'll, I smile every time. I smile every time. I'll never forget it. Hmm. I'm a liberal libertarian. I look at him. Impossible. Hmm. <laughs> Explain that one to me. Oh, it was so much fun. It really, yeah. really was. So yeah. uh, rest in peace, Jay. All right. So uh, here we go. Uh, there's a headline. FBI conducted search of Biden's office in mid-November. We didn't know this, did we? We were asking the question. Why would that not? be put out there from the beginning at least from the report that came out after the report from cbs that started the public knowledge of all this a few weeks ago why would you not put that out there well the white house keeps saying we're being transparent we're being transparent we're being transparent they're trying to they're trying to say we're being transparent with the media and we're and we're cooperating with the department of justice in fact, let's hear from Biden Communication Director Kate Bedingfield yesterday. Mm, they got to bring, mm, okay, Kirby wasn't there. I didn't see Kirby. I didn't see Corrine Jean-Pierre. Okay, bring out Biden Communications Director Kate Bedingfield. Maybe she can explain it in a better way. Okay. All right. Here she is on CNN yesterday. All right, let me ask you about some uh, new reporting here. Uh, according to a Justice Department official and another sub- uh, source familiar with the matter, the FBI searched President Biden's former think tank office in Washington in November after the discovery, just before the midterm elections, of the uh, documents with the classified markings. Were any additional classified documents found as part of that search? That's not something I can comment on from here. That's something you'll need to ask the Justice Department. What I can say is that we have been cooperative and uh, transparent from the outset. We put out multiple statements from the president's personal attorney describing the process and being clear that the president takes this seriously. All right. Okay, let's go to the next audio cut then Mm -hmm. and the next question. Here we go. Transparency, but I'm bringing this to you. You aren't bringing it to me. This happened in mid-November. If you are indeed being transparent... Why the continued trickle of disclosure around these classified documents? We have released multiple statements from the White House, and President Biden's personal attorney has released multiple statements over the last month, uh, walking through the process and agreeing to be fully, fully cooperative with the Justice Department. This is a uh, a process that plays out. We are responsive to the Justice Department's requests. Okay, as you can see, she's not answering the question. It's like she's right talking about something totally completely different right and and uh of of course they're not being and the reason he asked that is because originally she said we're being transparent and we're cooperating with the justice department well how can you be transparent when we don't know any of this stuff you know you can't have it both ways right but this is where a reporter this is what i would do if i was a reporter look with all due respect i invited you on the show and i would i would just i would if you respect the process that we have here we ask a question i'd like you to answer you know, give me an answer to the question. Just a reply isn't enough. Reply to the question that I'm asking you. You have not been transparent. I will give you this. You claim, and I don't know whether this is true, you're claiming you're being totally cooperative with the Department of Justice. I haven't heard their side, but 
you're making that clear that you can't be transparent with us because you're cooperating with the Department of Justice. So would you please, with all due respect, stop trying to indicate that you're being transparent with the media because you're not. You can't have it both ways. And if you're not going to respect me as a reporter, then when we invite you on, say you can't come on. But don't disrespect this show. That's what I'd say. Well, because you're a public servant and you answer to the public. Yeah. I throw that in there, too. That's good. Why is it that this would not be divulged along the way? Why is it? The story, why is it changing? How many times has it changed now? This is the problem. When the story changes so many times and you have this kind of uh, uh, evolution in the story, then it brings about a million questions. It was the president's staffers. It was his personal attorneys. But now, the DOJ. Well, why is the story changing? And why a little bit of new information on the fly, it seems like every few days. Mm -hmm. And every time it comes out, it shows that you haven't been transparent with the public right. yet you keep saying you're transparent you're, the transparency is clear right now you just said we're cooperating with the justice department that's not the question i'm asking you i'm asking you you just said you're being transparent on the issues with us the media that is not true why can't they say that i'd say that story is changing your story yes as communications director you're in charge of that right. storyline what doesn't Putting out statements doesn't make you transparent. No. Answering the questions that we're asking and not replying to a question we haven't asked is not being transparent. Oh, fry their minds. They're make them uncomfortable. They're not just becoming aware that the DOJ did this search in mid-November. They've known this all along. They've known all along, yeah. But why? This isn't new information right. to them. Right, because Biden had to, well, Biden, as it said, allowed the yes. search. Right. So Biden had to know about it. Right. So you're not being transparent. Right. Or the president isn't being transparent with you. He's sending you out to defend him and uh-huh. isn't telling you the truth <laughs> and telling you that he's being transparent and he's not to the American people. So either you're not telling us the truth or the president isn't telling you the truth and leaving you to hang out to dry. Which is it? Well, and with this particular Uh, president, the last one is a very strong possibility. Yeah. It's something that I put up there a while back. It sounds like it's quite possible that internally he's not being honest with his own staffers. Could be. Yeah. Uh, This is a guy who makes up lies and has for decades, and we all know it, bizarre lies. 
Lies that mean nothing. I heard he told the Amtrak lie again this week. Yeah. Hmm. It's like, <laughs> well, why not keep it going, right? I did see one response on Twitter. It's like, wow, the thing unique about Biden is he tells the same lies for decades. <laughs> no, it is. It's, a, it's the same lie. I forget it's which a, liberal media newspaper it was, but it was early on. The bizarre set of lies that Biden has been telling for years. Yeah. So if he's willing to lie about, you know, all these other things, he's damn sure willing to lie. And he's willing to lie to anybody. Then it tells me, yeah, that's a, something you have to consider, the possibility of him not telling the truth internally. And so now, mid-November, DOJ does the office search, December 20th, the Wilmington House. But then the DOJ doesn't do, as far as we know. Yeah, we don't know. Didn't do their search of the Wilmington House until later. Or did they? Because... Well, yeah, we heard the Wilmington House was, that's where they, they that's where they found the, the additional documents. No, no, I mean, did they, did they not do it before then? I, I can't tell you. The story is changing. Oh, oh, is I see my what you point. Mean. I see what you mean. Okay, I, okay, okay. I don't know if that's you're, you're, the, the, the timeline. Because we're okay. told that they didn't, had not done a search before then, that this was the first Wilmington House search. Is it? I don't know. The story is changing all the time. And why is that? And why is there such a a long length of time, especially when you found them at the Penn Biden Center? Oh, and by the way, we don't know. Here's the other interesting thing. The sources, because CBS again broke this story. Mm -hmm. But the sources don't know. If class more classified documents were found, they seem to have known a lot before. Right. That would seem to be something that you would think the sources that have gone to CBS with the information that they have so far would know that. On the mid-November search by the DOJ, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Uh, of if, the office. Right. Of, of right. the Penn right. Biden office. Yeah, whether right. they Whether Was, they found what? more classified documents. Right. Because these, whoever the source is to CBS has known quite a bit, and all of a sudden this comes out that from CBS that there was a search at the Penn Biden Center, but two sources, because it was two sources that they mentioned, hmm. two sources did not know if anything was found. That seems like a big part of the story to, to be missing. Well, now that we know they're not being transparent in anything, speculation is okay. Well, okay, because, and we haven't heard from the DOJ on this yet. No. I mean, it, it, it makes you wonder, well, is, oh my gosh. Because there's no way for the Biden administration to come out and say uh, the DOJ did their search and expect, in, in other words, that they were making it up to make it look like, oh, well, no, they were part of it from the beginning. We included them in the process from the beginning. If that were the play, well, the DOJ has to answer the question eventually. Here's a question. Why haven't Republicans gone for a warrant yet? 
to the Department of Justice to find out what they have. And I'm and I'm talking about the the, the Republican the the uh, the House Intelligence Committee. Hmm. The Senate Intelligence Committee is still led by Democrats, right? But the House Intelligence Committee is led by Republicans. Why haven't they gone to a judge yet? They may. I'm just yeah. I'm not criticizing them. I'm simply asking a question. Why haven't they done it yet? There may be a legit it, reason. I don't or know. maybe that's the next move. Maybe that's in the works. Go for a subpoena. Right. Yeah, that's what you do. You go for the subpoena first. Yeah, I guess. yeah. Okay, yeah. Go right. for the subpoena first. Right. But why haven't they done it yet? Because well, if, if, they're, if they're truly concerned about what these classified documents may contain that might harm national security... And, you know, it's been, what, five days now since the Senate did mm-hmm. it last week? And, mm-hmm. um, and, and and so you would think that they would want to promote both for, le- for legit po- reasons and legit political reasons, both. Yeah, sure. That, look, these are classified, these classified documents have been all over the place. We need to know what's going on because this is about national security. And the Department of Justice says, we're sorry, we can't tell you what's going on in an investigation. This isn't a bribery investigation. Right. These are top secrets. The executive branch Department of Justice doesn't get to tell us, you know, what and what we should not know about the top secrets of the United States. And when there might have been a, a classified document breach, you don't get to control that. Right. Now, you may control the investigation. You don't control those actual documents. Two separate roles, two separate branches of government. Yeah. And those are the, you know, the, these are all valid questions. And could it be that the the uh, the GOP is waiting, you know, to, or behind the scenes they're trying to negotiate uh, with the DOJ to, to tell them exactly what we just or said. Or they're not going to do it with the DOJ. They're going to do it with the special counsel that who takes over apparently today. Right. Uh, maybe they believe they'll get yeah. greater cooperation from the special counsel. Maybe. I don't know. 866-90-RED-EYE. Starting and charging system-related issues are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns. So when your batteries talk, it's important you listen. Knowing the warning signs that could indicate your electrical system needs attention can help you avoid getting stuck out in the cold this winter. Have your electrical system checked by a certified technician. If your vehicle begins to shut down electrical loads like radios and cab lights while in operation, this is a surefire sign that you're experiencing low battery voltage and continuing to run on these conditions can lead to additional electrical systems shutting down. This report brought to you by Luberfiner, engineering filters that are built to do more for heavy-duty fleets since 1996. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. Check out all the latest in news, events, trucking information, and podcasts at Red Eye Radio's website. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. So, yeah, every single time a bit of information comes out, it makes it worse and worse and worse for the Biden administration on this 
on the the whole classified uh, document gate. It's not even Corvette gate anymore because it keeps expanding and expanding. Now the next question is the because now that we know the FBI has gone into the the uh, Penn Biden Center and uh, his his home, the next thing would be. Did they say? I can't remember. Did they say the beach house was searched? I actually don't I, remember. I think that they said a lawyer. I think they said I, I, their, the, people their, did, their people. Their people searched I, yeah. it, but I don't. The I have nothing about the FBI. And and what about the University of Delaware, where there's a trove of do- that would be the next place that you would have to go. Right. Is that why we aren't being told if they found any documents when they searched the Penn Biden? Center? Oh, good question. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Consider yourself canceled if you don't listen nightly. Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. I haven't seen uh, Corrine Jean-Pierre this week at all. There's been apparently no press briefings. Maybe I, she's searching for documents. You know, I know the president's been around. He was in, what, New York yesterday and all that. And, and uh, oh, you saw that uh, you have uh, Mayor Adams again. Please, mm. please. That uh, the president made sure he didn't go anywhere near where uh, migrants were yesterday. Yeah, of course. Uh, in New York City and uh, the mayor of New York's begging the president again that we need help. We need help. Um, after migrants faced off with New York City police over being transferred from a hotel to free housing Mayor Adams has called the entire situation very frustrating. I'm extremely frustrated, he said. Uh, He has recently returned from El Paso, as we know. And uh, he has uh, said uh, yesterday that, you know, the White House has got to do more, as the president was in uh, New York, uh, to help with the migrant situation. And, of course, 
the White House is completely tone deaf because he doesn't even exist. Where I've seen that. Yeah. It's like, yeah. we're not even going to pay attention of course. to what you're saying. So, again, they'll throw Democrats under the bus. They don't care. No. No, they don't they care. Don't, they don't no, care. No, they don't care. You know, I want to get to uh, a couple of other things here. This one, um, uh, I'll just read what Jim Garrity wrote in National Review. Hmm. Democrats doing about face on Georgia. <laughs> For much of 2021, every single major Democrat including President Biden, denounced the state of Georgia as a racist disgrace when its Republican-controlled state government enacted an election reform law that they insisted was a voter suppression effort and Jim Crow 2.0 and also Jim Crow on steroids. Yeah, right. But 2022 brought record turnout in both the primaries and midterm elections, and the state's African Americans reported great satisfaction with and trust in their voting experience. We brought you that poll a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Not one African American voter that was surveyed, not one stated that it was hard to vote. Not one. Hmm. Now, Joe Biden wants Georgia to vote early in the presidential primary process. And just about every major Southern Democrat wants Atlanta to host the party's next national convention. Oh. Somehow, in this extremely short time, Georgia went from two racist to host the 2021 Major League Baseball All-Star Game to now deserving to host the 2024 Democratic National Convention. Oh. Huh. Huh. I, in, the, in the minds of Democrats, the state of Georgia is either an oppressive racist hellhole mm-hmm. or a bright, shining future of American politics, depending on, depending on the results of the latest election. Hmm. Apparently, Georgia is now good again because NBC News reports that a lot of elected Democrats from Virginia to Louisiana are urging their party to hold the 2024 National Convention in Atlanta. Oh. Now, the, uh, to every Democrat out there, that same law that every single major Democrat and President Biden called Jim Crow 2.0 and Jim Crow on steroids, it is still the law. Yeah. But Democrats that wanted and pushed for the Major League Baseball All-Star Game to be moved out of Georgia now wants to hold the 2024 Democratic National Convention in Georgia. My, how things change. Why? Because every single major Democrat, including President Biden were reacting like leaders of any white supremacist hate group. They were telling lies in order to create racial division yep. and racial hatred based on skin color. President Biden 
and every single major Democrat lied about a law that brought record numbers of people to vote and got complete satisfaction, not one poor rating from even one African-American voter in Georgia that was polled. Huh. Not one. And they called it Jim Crow 2.0 and Jim Crow on steroids. We told you they were lying back then. Some of our Democrat listeners disagreed with us and thought it was correct for the Democrats to move Major League Baseball out of there and that the Democrats should do nothing there and everybody should boycott Georgia because the Republicans had enacted a Jim Crow law. We explained in specific detail what Jim Crow laws were and then brought to you what the Georgia election law was about and asked for anyone to tell us how one related to another. No one could because they didn't. And the Democrats never got into the minutiae of the law. In fact, when they did get into, well, they did try to get into the minutiae of the law, but they didn't. Remember when they said that you would be denied water? Yeah. That you were, right. they were going to starve mm-hmm. and people would die of thirst mm-hmm. in the lines to, to vote. And it was like, no. They wanted you to believe people were actually going to drop dead while of thirst. waiting to, because of the GOP. Of dehydration. Yes. Republicans want you to die from dehydration when you're voting. Cause of death, GOP-related dehydration. (laughs) And as we found out, no, you could bring water. You You could bring water. What they didn't want anything happening. And reasonable people, when it comes to security of elections, could all agree. Except Democrats, when they lie, that no, if you wish to bring water, fine. You leave the water. The election poll workers put it out in a place Mm -hmm. where each voter can get a bottled water. But they said, no, political groups, we don't want handing out water. We don't want anybody influenced when they are in line to vote. A totally reasonable law that Joe Biden and every single major Democrat lied about and referred to the law as a Jim Crow law in order to get people of different skin colors to hate each other based on a lie. And as we have stated, when we've been talking about this since this law was put into effect, nobody has ever attempted to debate us because they know we're right. They lied about it. Yep. And they did the worst kind of lie. Because what we're told is hate is the worst Mm. sin you can have. Mm. That's what, by Democrat standards, hate is the worst thing. They wanted you to hate somebody because they were, they were lying to you and saying, these people want to go back to the old Jim Crow laws in the United States. Mm They were race lies. They were hate lies. The Democrats and the president promoting hate lies consistently 
over and over again, speech after speech after speech. And the rhetoric was so strong and the lies were so strong that Major League Baseball moved their all-star game. Mm -hmm. Remember the Coca-Cola thing, too? Yeah. Coca-Cola, these businesses, all bought into the lie, all were a part of doing what white supremacist groups do. And any hate group does, which is tell a lie to make someone hate someone else based on their skin color. And no so more it, doing business in Georgia. We're done. Right, right. No more doing business in Georgia. Can't do it. Now they want to bring the law still exists. It's the same law today. Mm-hmm. And now Democrats are saying, yay, mm-hmm. let's let's move the Democratic National Convention. Let's make sure it's in Atlanta. For 2024. Sure. Georgia is such a beacon of hope. Well, the law is the same. Yep. Nothing has changed. Nope. All lies. All lies. And all hate lies. What kind of despicable people will lie like that to make someone hate someone else because of their skin color? They are what they claim the their political enemies are. Yeah, that's what it comes down to is that if you want to find the truth, just listen to what they accuse others of doing. And you'll know that's what they are. Yep. It applies across the board. Georgia voting law, Russian collusion. Texas voting law, remember the whole Texas thing? voting law. Any any time they're screaming bigotry, stop and ask yourself what it is they're actually doing. Oh, a liberal transgender activist movement. Mm-hmm. Let's throw out this name. Oh, fine, okay. Well, and that that's one of my favorite things to do now. Right, and we started it with that. Oh, okay, you don't believe that a biological man can be a biological woman because they say so? Well, you're a tra- you're transphobic mm. well, then fine let's name call back and forth you're a misogynist femophobe mm. you hate women mm-hmm. because you're lying about biology and you're taking opportunity away from them okay let's go at it you want to have this debate let's have this debate go for it well no because you'll hurt my feelings and hurting my feelings is wrong fine you hurt my feelings because you're lying and you're hurting those women's feelings because you're lying. I'm not lying. I'm telling the truth. You're lying. Let's continue this debate. Go ahead. Come on. Give us your best. You don't have anything except intimidation. And what do you do? You tell women swimmers in the Ivy League, we'll destroy your life. We'll cancel you for telling the truth. And... They pretend, in the meantime, to be a champion for women. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly. It's it's, it's absolutely bizarre. No, it, it really and, is the strangest set of circumstances. We've been saying for a while that not just the, the presidential historians in the future, but historians in general will look back at a time. Because when things are behind you, uh, that means the agenda items are behind you because, you know, what anything that the uh, that you might have been using, uh, 
you know, for political advantage is in the past, right? It it got you to where you needed to go, and then you drop it. Historians, as they look back, will be talking about the ideas. They'll talk about policy. They'll talk about ideas. It won't be about the personalities. It will be about the essence of the ideas, and there's no way to look at the left, today's far left, and say anything but absolutely bat soup crazy. I have to read it. I've just seen the story on it. You see where the Columbian uh, Journal Review is looking at, the, and they're liberal, looking at the coverage and destroying the New York Times on their coverage of Russiagate. Mm. Yeah. Of the whole Trump collusion thing. Right. That's where historians start looking back and going, my God, all the papers were wrong. Everybody was wrong. Look at when you actually tear it apart and you go through it right. with a neutral mindset and say what was going on and was the reporting accurate and going through it. Oh, they just destroyed the New York Times. Well, well, think about it. With the left right now, with, with Democrats and Georgia. Yeah. The voting law thing they needed at the time. They clearly don't need that stance anymore. Right. Kind of how historians work. They look back. Well, the agenda doesn't go backwards. So historians look back and they look at these things and say, there's no way, no way to look at this with any sane eyes and say this was a good thing. And and on how many different fronts? 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. If you like listening to Red Eye... It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. So I just wonder if Republicans will be attacking, uh, you know, that movement to move the Democratic National Convention to Atlanta after all the stink and all the lies from every major Democrat about the Georgia election law a couple of years ago. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE. Welcome and good morning. Broadcasting live from Texas, where it's cold here, and we've got an ice storm coming up today, too, after doing what we've dealt with for the last couple of uh, days. And all of this cold and all of this ice is because of climate change. Yes. Of course, as we all know, <laughs> uh, ice storm warning went into effect. It starts actually uh, here in a couple of hours and then is in effect uh, for uh, our neck of the woods until 
mid-morning Thursday. It's going to get crazy, and not in a good way. Uh, this is this is what um, I I dread the most. Really, is and pretty much everybody dreads the most, and that's the power outages with the uh, freezing rain building up on mm-hmm. on uh, the lines and the trees. Uh, and that's where the, you know, depending on how much we get, that's where the problems begin. Yeah. Today could be the worst day of it all. And this thing that's is what they're saying. It's just spread across. I mean, it's just it's this, crazy. The system is, you know, well, you look, it goes all the way down into the Big Bend area. Yeah. And it, it's just training across that region, basically slicing across Texas, a huge chunk of Texas. And up through and all the way, you know, through northern Louisiana and Arkansas. We don't care about that. into northern Mississippi. This is about all, Texas. All the way, all the way into <laughs> don't don't change the topic. <laughs> all, I mean, all the way into Tennessee. I mean, oh, no, it's it's and, massive. When you look at the national map, this thing is it is massive. Yep. It really is. Um, but let's get back to me. Um, the, no, are the, there are are there hmm. other places besides Texas? I'm not aware of. Oh, okay. I just wondered. Yeah. I mean, I just didn't. Um, but <laughs> did, did you see the weather map the other day when it showed in the, the, the panhandle up near Amarillo was like 15 and then down, you know, near uh, beneath Corpus Christi was like 85. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking to myself that, that if you look at, um, you know, unless you're talking about, for example, if you live in, 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 uh, in Portland, where if you're not on Mount Hood, I mean, if you're not in a huge mountain, with you know huge elevation heights, or maybe in in Colorado, but a place like Texas, which is still relatively flat, to have that type of te- temperatures shows you how big Texas is. Well, it's crazy, <laughs> even between uh, here and Amarillo. Uh, yeah. It just the temperature oh, yeah. change is is drastic, and there there is a, a slight, just a slight difference in elevation, but it it really is about. The size of Texas. <laughs> there are times, and that's kind of how I gauge it when there's a cold front on the way. I'll check the the current temperature in Amarillo, uh, and then and find out you know how the uh, how how far away that cold front is. But this ice storm and and the fact that there's an ice storm warning. We we had a uh, winter storm warning in effect, and this ice storm warning now going into effect starting at six a.m. Central and then going into effect through 9 a.m. on Thursday, uh, that covers a, a huge chunk of the area. Uh, it, it's uh, Bill Karens from NBC, uh, a couple of the meteorologists that I follow as well. Uh, Bill Karens was replying to me uh, yesterday on on Twitter and sent me a note and said, "Yeah, Wednesday doesn't look good for you guys." I'm paraphrasing there, um, but. Uh, uh, and then you saw that by all the meteorologists uh, that uh, that are out there uh, in our area and talking about how this is today is going to be uh, the day to watch different uh, type of uh, precipitation as yesterday in in my neighborhood. Uh, I live for, uh, further north than you do, but mm-hmm. for about 25, 30 minutes the amount of sleet coming down with thunder and lightning <laughs> was unreal. I've never seen that. I've never witnessed that amount of sleet coming down. Uh, and it just, I mean, it just dumped. 
then, you know, and that's the pellets. So uh, it doesn't stick to the power lines like freezing rain does, and which is the rain that hits and then freezes and uh, and then causes all types of problems on uh, on surfaces, on power lines, on trees. Boy, not going to be good. Uh, so the recommendation is what a lot of what you saw yesterday. Stay home if you can, if you don't have to get out. But man, oh man, if you have to get out, be careful. Take your time. You know, we were talking about uh, before the top of uh, the hour how now the the Democrats are pushing for the uh, Democratic National Convention in 2024 mm-hmm. to be held in Atlanta. Yeah. Wait right. a minute. You've, you've got the Jim Crow 2.0. Why would the Democrats bring it there? You need to punish Georgia like you did taking Major League Baseball out. Well, we all know, everybody knows that they were lying. Right. They were lying about the Georgia election law. It wasn't Jim Crow. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had the, you know, and, and you see it's getting tougher and tougher to argue. You know, the polling that was done just a couple of weeks ago that we brought you here on uh, on Red Eye, which showed not one of, of the thousands upon thousands of people that they polled uh, in, uh, in uh, Georgia. They couldn't get one poor review of the election, you know, how it was to vote in election. Not one poor mm. from any black resident whatsoever. And we had said all along this was a lie. You had record turnouts for both the primary and the general uh, election in the state of Georgia. It wasn't Jim Crow 2.0. We told you way back when that what the president and every major Democrat was doing was reprehensible because they were just like the, you know, they they always talk about, you know, white supremacy and these white supremacy groups, yet they were doing exactly what those groups do and what those leaders of those groups do, which is they told a lie to make people hate each other because of skin color. Yep. That's what they did. Yep. They tell a lie in order to do it. And every single major Democrat, including the president of the United States, lied about the Georgia election law to cause racial hatred between people. It's reprehensible. It was back then and now. But now you see that, oh, okay, people just forget about it. Shh, be quiet. The law is the same. Mm -hmm. But now we want to be able to... Uh, promote Georgia and uh, promote Atlanta and bring the DNC. Wait a minute. Why are you giving them your business? You told Major League Baseball. Oh, you told corporations to boycott Georgia. Oh, you were lying. And understand what the lie was about. These were hate lies by President Biden. These were hate lies. I like this. I've come up with the term. Mm-hmm. Hate lies. Don't you like it? Yeah, that's neat. Yeah. These were hate lies by every single major Democrat that talked about the Georgia election law and agreed that they were uh, Jim Crow, basically Jim Crow laws, uh, you know, two point, Jim Crow 2.0, Jim Crow on steroids, all lies to create racial hatred. Think about how low of a person you have to be to do that. What kind of despicable and repulsive human being are you in this day and age to dare call somebody else racist when you're the racist? You're the one that wishes to create hatred and division. Take that a step further. We see this terrible killing uh, 
of a uh, of a suspect by Memphis police officers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we want is what we've always wanted. We want uh, a very vibrant. We want uh, very vibrant police departments across the country. We want them actively and aggressively to go after crime. And at the same time, we want them to protect the rights of anybody that they pull over. That's the expectation that we conservatives have for a police department. We don't give any excuse if a police officer breaks the law. In fact, most conservatives look at it and say, when you're given that additional responsibility and the authority to do things that average citizens can't do, you're held to a higher standard. That's what we believe. And we don't sugarcoat it. If something's wrong, it's wrong. We say it. And we're not going to lie about it. It's always been in the foundation of good police work. Right. To make sure, because you're not just enforcing the law. At times, uh, you are, you, you have to be a representative, uh, you know, for, uh, uh, law enforcement in general, a, a someone who is, uh, building uh, the the that rapport with with your community, you're you're helping to uh, keep the peace by establishing that relationship, maintaining that relationship on many different levels. You have to have that attitude, and it doesn't matter what happens there on the side of the road. That that attitude must be present. It must rule your actions at every turn, and what happened in. Memphis is absolutely mind-boggling in how uh, brutal and unbelievable it was. When you have, for example, and you look at the response to what happened there, and we were waiting for it because we understand how the left works. We're saying, okay, how are they going to relate this to white supremacy? Do they think that they can pull it off? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. They did. And whether it was... Uh, uh, what's, uh, what's, uh, I can't think of his first name. Is it, uh, uh Mehdi, uh, Hassan from MSNBC, hmm. uh, that said, uh, um, that, uh, uh, it's, uh, you know, this is, you know, white supremacy, hmm. uh, and that the, uh, that the, let me get it here. Uh, you can't reform this stuff with body cameras or diversifying the police as we just saw in Memphis. Instead, uh, he talked about the abolition of the police might be the right solution. In this entire thing about police officers over the last five, six years that we've dealt with, Democrats have never wanted a solution. They've no. looked at every opportunity to create more chaos and more crime in the cities that they claim that they care about. Right. They you know stupid things like, oh, we need psychiatrists uh, out there. Biden the other day, if somebody's going to jump off, uh, a building you don't want a police officer you want a uh you know you want a mental health professional mm-hmm. is that mental health professional trained uh and willing to go and grab that person's arm and pull them off and put their life at risk what happens if that person becomes violent right well, what they, happens exactly. what happens if that person has a weapon i mean that none of none of the solutions for there have been no solutions from the democrats they want they use this as as an opportunity to create chaos, and what they have done by demonizing the police. And as much as none of this is acceptable at all, 
It's not white supremacy. They're looking to blame someone so they can so they can cause chaos. But you look at Memphis, and we talked about it yesterday, a city that is majority black, huge majority black, mm-hmm. a police department that is majority black, a police department whose uh, uh, who's, uh, uh, police chief is black, mm-hmm. a situation where all the police officers engaged in that final, you know, the, in, in the confrontation where uh, he was killed, the five police officers were black, the suspect was black. Obviously, it's white supremacy. This is why they will lose the culture wars, because nobody buys that. Nobody buys it. But this is what they're still put, And they push it. Why? Because they say no matter what, even if you have a black police, a vast majority police, uh, police force that is black, that uh, a, a black police chief in a city that is majority black It's still white supremacy, which then is the indicator that blacks can't control. You know, we talk about if you're equal, you're equal. But in this same thing, you have liberals that are saying that blacks don't have the capability to run their own police department and their own city. Right. That you you just have to do away with it altogether. That they they use bigotry as as this motivator that they have done like they did with the Georgia election laws and and done so many. Yep times because they understand that no one that virtually no one accepts bigotry that a public can only be motivated if there is that fear instilled in them we need you to fear this that look this is going to uh, this is going to occur more and more this is going to if we don't think about how radical the idea is if we don't abolish police altogether. Which, which, by the way, is so far away from the public opinion. Oh, I know. That's the, that's Even in the wake right. of such a tragedy. Yep. The officers involved here absolutely should face justice. There is, I have, there is no justification for what happened here in Memphis. None. But you do not abolish police across the country because of this one event. But understand again the way that they insult blacks. That -hmm. because of this so-called white supremacy that is this bubble that exists everywhere that Blacks, even if they're the majority, are not held responsible for anything because they actually can't handle their own lives. They can't handle their own police departments. They're not that, capable of leadership. They're not capable of leadership. They're not capable of being that's, that's police what the departments. Left wants you to believe. Right, because this sort of fog of white supremacy exists, and it doesn't matter whether it's majority black or not. They don't have the capability to go beyond the white supremacy that isn't affecting them every day, but it's sort of this fog that exists, you know, an aura of white supremacy that they can't defeat as black men and women. It's an absolute insult Mm -hmm. to blacks is what it is. They don't even know they're doing it. Right. Because the idea is that, well, it doesn't matter. The department, the chief, 
they can't they cannot remedy this situation right they cannot have a solution on their own because they're not capable of it everything needs to go right my god i mean that's so racist you think about it if that's not right. bigotry i don't I know. know what is 86690 red eye with the calendar's transition from January to February, we have the vast majority of the country experiencing below normal temperatures. That is especially true in the West, across the Great Plains, and into the Midwest. All of those areas significantly below normal. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey notes below minus 20 degree Fahrenheit temperatures in parts of the Northern Plains and Upper Midwest. And sometimes with the wind accompanying that bitter cold, we have seen wind chill temperatures that have dropped in some cases in the minus 40 to minus 50 degree range, resulting in difficult conditions for not just humans, but also livestock as well. Yet the deep freeze that started January has hardened livestock to the latest cold conditions. This current freeze event should include significant winter weather in parts of the country during the week. Good for winter wheat crops, but behind potential travel and power disruptions. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. The USDA report is brought to you by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Highway Diesel Fuel. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the -the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Audio cut of the day right. comes from CNN. Oh, and uh, it wasn't Kareem Jean Pierre that they were interviewing, and it wasn't uh, John Kirby they were interviewing. But uh, hey, bringing somebody new—I've seen her before, but not often out there in the forefront. But uh, Kate uh, Bedingfield uh, was on CNN, hmm. and uh, this is all about uh, the the uh, CBS report yesterday that came out that said, "Oops, uh, sorry." wasn't full transparency that we were getting from the White House. Why? Because we found out that in the middle of November that they did search, the FBI did search the Penn Biden Center. Mm -hmm. No word as to whether any more classified documents uh, were found. They didn't say yes. They didn't say no in the report. The apparently two sources that were being talked to that I read uh, uh, said uh, that uh, they didn't have that information, which I find strange because – that's the first time that we've got that. Must be. Well, that's a big part, such a huge part of the story. Yeah. And and CBS has broken the majority of the stories, I believe. Well, so they broke who, it first, but yeah. 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 But, so whoever their sources are, are, have been pretty good knowing a lot. So it's interesting that they didn't know anything about that, which came about in the middle of November. Why did that take so long? Right. Here's one. If you're CVS, is it the same sources? And have they known all that information the entire time? And are they selectively releasing it to CVS? That would be one of my questions. But, of course, one of the things is the first thing that came up was, well, the White House is claiming they're being transparent, yet they're not being transparent. And that was the question asked to the White House spokesperson yesterday. So, okay, you're claiming transparency, but I'm bringing this to you. You aren't bringing it to me. 
This happened in mid-November. If you are indeed being transparent, why the continued trickle of disclosure around these classified documents? We have released multiple statements from the White House, and President Biden's personal attorney has released multiple statements over the last month uh, walking through the process and agreeing to be fully, fully cooperative with the Justice Department. This Again, not answering the question. No, nope. she never answered the question. No. She talked about that we're cooperating with the Justice Department. That wasn't the question. The question is, you said, and she had said uh, in a in a previous comment to him, I want to play this comment so you know where this came from, where she said, we're being transparent. Mm-hmm. Here we go. All right, let me ask you about some uh, new reporting here. Uh, according to a Justice Department official and another sub- uh, source familiar with the matter, the FBI searched President Biden's former think tank office in Washington in November after the discovery, just before the midterm elections, of the uh, documents with the classified markings. Were any additional classified documents found as part of that search? That's not something I can comment on from here. That's something you'll need to ask the Justice Department. What I can say is that we have been cooperative and uh, transparent from the outset. There you go. And so then he asked her, you say you're being transparent. You're not. (laughs) And. And it's just, you know, and, uh, you know, we talked about this earlier. This uh, We'd played the audio earlier, but we want to play it again because it just shows the continuation of the fact that every time something comes out, you say, oh, they're lying again. Right. She's lying. Yep. They're not being transparent. And when he asked her, you know, you know, basically, are, why aren't you being transparent? She said, we've released multiple statements. I didn't ask whether you released multiple statements. I asked. In those statements, are you being transparent? You can release a thousand statements a right. day. Right. I don't, we don't, I don't care whether you release. I'm asking the question, you claim, as you just did, you're being transparent. Now, if you can't be transparent because the Department of, you're, you're cooperating with the Department of Justice, well then say that. But right. you're trying to say we're cooperating with the Justice Department and we're being transparent with the press and the people of the United States, and we all know that's a lie. This is the problem, and this is what makes me believe that there's, uh, or at least makes me uh, think that there's good reason to believe that Biden is not being completely honest with his own staff. And it's because if you were, then, then think about this. The communications director, you walk in, everybody involved from day one, we control the message. But the message has, their responses changed how many times now? Well, you can't control this president and his, I don't know, uh, it, it seems like constant desire to go off script. But how many different changes in this storyline have we seen? Oh, I know. And if you're (laughs) because it could have started with. uh, As soon as those documents were discovered, we started reaching out to the National Archives and the DOJ to make sure that the process was being followed. Out of respect for the process, we're not going to answer anything more. And leave it at that, because it implies the DOJ is a part of it. But now we're learning, because think about it, up until yesterday, 
we were to believe that the DOJ really hadn't even done their own search, mm-hmm. but did one at the Wilmington home. Yep. And we thought, well, that's probably a CYA move, you know, as you want to do that and get it out of the way before the special prosecutor comes in and goes officially goes to work. So you can tell the American people, oh, yeah, we did our own search. It still left the question for us. Yeah, but did you search everywhere? And then all of a sudden, oh, mid-November, they searched the office at the University of Pennsylvania. What? Yeah. <laughs> but, and, but, and of course. But, but there, there, right. we don't know if there were documents. Right. Now, it's a source story. Right, of course, coming from CBS. Right? Yeah, it, no. it's a source Not story. No, it's a source story. But the reason I say, you know, it, from the beginning, it is sound sounded like a controlled leak or set of leaks. I agree. If you're going to control it, how about you do one thing? Actually control it. Well, it's, it, you know, as you said, it, you know, either uh, either the White House, uh, 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 you know, press, the, the, the White House press people are lying consistently or biden isn't telling them anything and they're just throwing stuff out but she knows now they're not being transparent on the transparency you know uh kate bedingfield she knows she's lying she knows she was lying to cnn in fact she knows she's lying uh cnn the cnn reporter knows she's lying Mm -hmm. uh corinne john pierre knows she's lying uh john kirby knows she's lying everybody knows that they know that they're lying. The press corps knows that they're lying. The people of the United States know that they're lying. And they know that the people of the United States know that they're lying. Mm-hmm. And they just pretend it's business as normal as yesterday. Kate Bedingfield lied again. They're not being transparent. And the thing is, it's so obvious they're not being transparent. Well, if you're going to lie, lie better. <laughs> well, that would be if I'm in the no. If but, I'm in the the part of the Biden press team, guys, come on, lie better. But who is a really horrible liar, Joe? Arguably, the worst. Yeah, and I'm talking about not that he lies so much, not not just that he lies so much, but the nature of the lies. And he tells them not once or twice and then finally realizes he has to change the narrative somehow or says you were mistaken. He continues telling the same lies for decades. No, I mean, <laughs> it's it's over and over again. And so that's what this reeks of. It's an ever-changing story. Well, what happened, you know, what's the first thing when when you keep hearing the story change than anybody? Anybody understands that that's an indication of, of a set of lies. But in this type of scenario, it really is more indicative of internally lies being told to the staff. That they're not being forthcoming to the staff. That Biden tried to keep this close to the vest. And, and now we're led to believe the DOJ, even even more evidence, I would say, that the, the, the DOJ was working with Biden to cover this whole thing up. The, 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 the story yeah, yeah. Uh, about the yep. uh, search in mid-November. Yep. That, that tells me that they were really trying to keep this close to the vest and quite possibly 
because otherwise, if his communication staff were all told everything from the beginning, then you would hear more consistency and this story wouldn't change. And finally, we said this was going to happen. First, for reparations in California, mm -hmm. it was 223000 Oh. Then, it was 250000 mm -hmm. Then, it was 500000 These are some of the numbers that have been brought about. Then, it got to San Francisco, and it became $5 million per qualified uh, individual mm -hmm. for reparations. Right. Now, as we know, the San Francisco Advisory Committee and the recommendation that the city pay out $5 million per person, well, they had a meeting on it yesterday, and it doesn't go far enough towards making things right. Told you. A member of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors told National Review on Tuesday, I don't think you can put a figure. Oh, okay. Okay. On the reparations that should be paid out. Now, he didn't say what number he wanted, uh, but uh, he uh, did say that $5 million is not enough. And it was uh, San Francisco Council President Sherman Walton, apparently. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Is what we have here. So, well, it was, uh, look, by their own standards of, of what they say this is going to achieve, then one of the first things I said was $5 million is not going to be enough. Nope. Number one, because you're talking about San Francisco and your money doesn't go very far in San Francisco. But number two, on the bigger picture of, again, what they say they're trying to achieve. Well, how can you cap it at five? million dollars and what they're what he's saying here is that you when when he's when it's said that you can't put a price on it what he's saying is you really can't cap a price on it so you can't limit it well no because uh well, you know the first thing i thought of mm. i said oh wow that's what a lawyer says in a civil suit to up the punitive damages that's it. I went, wow, that's exactly what you say. Well, because it, it's... A, you, a, you cannot put a price on it with their afford How? Well, <laughs> that's it. it. It really is, how dare you put a price on it? Yeah. Because what are you saying? You're saying, well, here, let us write this check. This ought to take care of everything. That's insulting. It's also a negotiation tactic. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Progressive Commercial Insurance protects truck owners with specialized coverages for heavy trucks. Get a quote in as little as five minutes. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Slowly the truth comes out. We always talk about this here. I just found this now. I didn't see it. And our friend Kevin Tober had it from... Uh, uh, newsbusters and i didn't see the nbc report yesterday that uh they uh, actually did a story that the feds could have stopped january 6 riots from happening 
Yeah. Uh, they actually right. did an interview with a former federal prosecutor, and they actually said this. The January 6th committee final report was more than 800 pages, but some material did not make the cut, including much of its findings on the failures of federal law enforcement leading up to the attack. The images of the attack on the Capitol stunned America and the world. And tonight, in an exclusive interview, the chief investigator of the January 6th committee said the government could have prevented it. They did a story on it. We'll get to mm. more here on, on future shows, but it's just fascinating that they actually talk. So the politicians wouldn't even let the investigator of the former January 6th committee right. bring in bring in the problems. Because you and I said this all along. Capitol Police have dealt with this before. There have been massive protests that could have turned where, into in, in, into a riot. Where, where was, was the, the security? security? And they left it out completely as if it wasn't even part of the investigation. Right. And so NBC reporting yep. that the chief investigator of the January 6th committee believes, yes, it could have been prevented if they just would have done their jobs. Which we have been saying. Whoa. But the fact that NBC is on that story. That's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great work there again by uh, from Kevin, Newsbusters. Yeah. Thank you, Kevin, um, and and everybody over there uh, because that was and, and we did uh, forget to talk about it. We'll talk more about it on tomorrow's yeah. show, though. Mm-hmm. And and where does this go? If NBC is on this now, then it's it's open. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Do we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.